questions during the interview that give you a read on how the person does business and decide if you're comfortable with that. Welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad, your cozy corner of the podcasting world, where numbers tell a story and bookkeeping blossoms into an adventure. My name is Rachel Barnett, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast is for bookkeepers who enjoy authentic, unfiltered, and always encouraging friend to chalk shop with. We will be discussing what it's like to own and operate a small bookkeeping business. In this episode, I want to talk about being a subcontractor to other bookkeepers, but more about why you're being a subcontractor. I had a conversation with a friend recently and she said, I signed up to be a subcontractor because I thought I was going to learn some stuff, but instead I'm just getting work done. And I'm like, well, I can see both sides of it. I think it brings up a valid point. When you're looking to be a subcontractor, you have to identify what it is that you're looking to do. Are you looking to get some general experience and get some cash in your pocket? Or are you hoping that someone is going to take you on and mentor you and shepherd you through learning and understanding different things and different experiences? When I subcontract work to people, it's very rarely to teach them a thing. It's more often a situation where I have too much work to get done in too small of an amount of time. And I just need to know if somebody can help me with those things. Most recently, I've subcontracted out things pertaining to courses that I've created. Now, of course, I subcontract out all the editing and stuff like that. But more specifically, I might make a bunch of draft scenarios. But I, I ask if somebody else would be willing to reconcile. It's not that it's hard. and It's not that I can't do it. It's that if somebody else could spend an hour or two hours reconciling all the various make-believe bank accounts, that'll save me from doing it. My friend was specifically saying that she took the subcontracting job because she wanted to learn. She wanted to grow. I've mentioned this before. When Megan came to work with me, she said, hey, I'd like to work with you. But one of the things that I need or want before I take a position is that I want to be able to learn and I want to be able to grow. And I'm like, oh, all right. I don't know if I can teach you anything more than I've already taught you. And I don't know how much more you can grow in this position because we're not growing. In Megan's case, we talked through it and we identified the things that I could do for her and provide for her and that she would be satisfied and comfortable with that. In the case of my friend, she didn't know to think or ask if she'd be growing in her role. So my recommendation for you is if you're considering working as a subcontractor for somebody, identify what your goal is or what the purpose is. If your goal is just to get some cash on hand and if you happen to learn something new, that's great. If your goal is to learn stuff, then maybe you should identify what it is you're hoping to learn. You could be looking at it and saying, I want to learn how to use particular software. Like maybe I'm not comfortable using Keeper or Asana or ClickUp. You might say, I want to learn how to use different accounting software. Maybe you're comfortable with QuickBooks, but you want to learn zero or you want to learn FreshBooks. Another thing you might be looking at is saying you want exposure to different industries and of course identify what those industries are. For example, if you approached me and you said, I would like to subcontract with you. I would like to learn more about manufacturing. I would tell you that if I ever had an opportunity to hire a subcontractor, I'm never going to be the right fit because I'm not going to take on any manufacturing clients. It's important to me that you identify what you're looking for upfront so that way I know if I can succeed. You also really want to think about or ask the person you're considering working with if them or somebody else in the office is going to take you under their wing and is going to teach you different things. It's not right or wrong, but not everybody has the disposition, the desire or the time to take somebody under their wing and teach them things. 
there's also the reality that even if you're a person who wants to learn things, your learning style might be different than the teaching style of the person you're considering working with. After having the conversation, I posted in my work Slack and I said, hey, for the team who's here and some of them work with me now and some of them worked with me in the past and they just hang out, can you guys give me ideas and advice to share with my friend? One person said, ask questions during the interview that give you a read on how the person does business and decide if you're comfortable with that. She then went on to describe an experience that I've definitely had myself where it was that the firm wasn't proactive in dealing with problems, situations, and questions. Instead, the firm really had a culture of just putting out fires every day. Clients that were upset and would stop by the office. While it may not be the approach that you take for your business, it is absolutely the approach other people take, that they choose to not do anything until it becomes, honestly, just a big dumpster fire. Those aren't always situations you can ask during an interview. Like, hey, do you blow off your clients? No. But you might be able to ask things like, how's your relationship with your clients? How do you communicate with your clients? How often do you have client turnover? You know, any variety of stuff. Another piece of advice that was given was to not look at the business or the accounting professional and use metrics such as the number of years they've been in business or the number of years they've been in accounting or the number of clients they have. It's not use those metrics and say, oh, because you have been in business for this long, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a good solid business with solid systems in place. It just means that they have a business with those metrics or those numbers behind it. A good recommendation that's come up a couple of times in this thread was to ask the business or the business owner, what systems do they have in place? How do they interact with their clients? How's the workflow? How do I identify what I'm working on? How do I communicate with clients? How do we follow up with stuff? What happens if one person is sick and not in the office? Are there documentations for somebody else to take over that work so that it doesn't slide or get behind? It's important to know or to think about the fact that not every time somebody hires, are they looking to take you under their wing and show you the ropes and show you all the things you need to know. This often crosses into the territory of a mentor. You can sometimes get a mentor for free, but many times you're going to need to pay for a mentor. I would encourage you if, if you're considering going to be self-employed somewhere, that you don't assume that you're going to get paid and get a mentor all in the same. Since I brought up the topic of getting a mentor, this is not a sales pitch. I'll tell you that right now. But I have asked for feedback from people that I have mentored and I've just put it into a Google Doc so that I can remind myself what are the things that I've done for them. I think it might be helpful or interesting for you to hear the feedback or at least parts of it. Not because, again, I want you to hire me for anything, but rather so you can think about what is it that you need. And once you identify what you need, it'll be easier to find it. The first thing on my list is that I've given someone advice on upwork proposals and also how to identify proposals that are not legitimate. I feel like that comes with experience. And really, what's the worst that happens if you get a proposal or you get an offer and it's not legitimate? Probably nothing is the worst thing that's going to happen. As long as you know not to collect a fake check and turn around and remit the money, you're mostly just out time in the Upwork credits. The next piece of feedback that I've gotten, I like this a lot. And I think it's the sort of thing that you can give and take with another person. You have provided me with clarity when my brain has been overworked and frustrated. Usually this happens to me when I have a hard time getting back on track because my brain goes to all the other things that I have going on in life and I get on the stuck zone. You dumb down things not only in a way that's easy to understand, but also have the ability to get me back on track. 
I think it was probably one of those conversations where I need to hop on a call with someone or hop on a Slack message and just say, I've got a million things going on in my brain and I can't focus and I can't even decide which thing is the most important thing. So I don't know where to get started. This person says, provide clarity when my brain is overworked and I'm frustrated. I have a hard time because my brain is going to all the things that I have going on. This is 100% one of those times where you can call a friend, lean on a friend, list out all the things that are on your brain and just ask your friend to tell you, what is the one thing that I should work on right now? Not take your whole damn list and reorganize it. Just help you isolate the one thing. Somebody else said what they really like about working with me is that they get QBO best practices, troubleshooting, and also just explanations that help them think about and walk through the issues. I think this is really beneficial when you're working with someone, if you're looking for someone to help you, guide you, usher you through things, you don't want someone to say two plus two equals four, done, memorize that, you're good to go. You want someone who's gonna say, well, there's lots of ways of approaching this. Let's walk through what's happening. Let's walk through the logic. So the next time you have a similar situation, instead of two plus two, maybe it's three plus one, you'll know what to do because you learned how did you come up with that answer? If you're considering working as a subcontractor and you're saying, I want to learn things, you want to make sure that the person understands you might want to learn the process and the why and the how. What if something similar comes up? How will I understand the thought process or the logic so that I can do the thing for the next situation that isn't exactly identical to this one? Well, let's use a different example. Let's use the example of Stripe versus Square. If you were to learn how to enter your Stripe deposits, you would know you have a sale, you're going to deduct the fees, you're going to record the rest of the money into some sort of bank account. There's lots of ways to go about this, lots of flavors, lots of varieties, but at its core, that's what you're learning to do. If you learn what you're doing and why you're doing it, if you later get a Square customer, you would know that it's a very similar process. There's a sale that takes place, there's a fee that gets deducted, some money goes in the bank account. When I talk about the goal of you looking to learn how to do the thing and the logic behind the thing and not just a memorization, Stripe equals this formula, that's what I mean. Looking at my notes, they go on for pages, so I'm picky and choosing, but somebody said, being a resource for the new tech stuff that comes up that I didn't even know was a thing. Man, that is so valid. If you're considering working with someone or you're considering getting a mentor or you're just stuck, this might be a thing that you need that you don't know you need. You might be thinking to yourself, there is so much tech. I don't even know what tech I don't know, and I don't know where to start on the tech. This could be a situation where working as a subcontractor will expose you to tech. Could be a situation where working with a bookkeeper or perhaps working with a mentor, they might say, oh, I see what you're doing here. But if you were to use this other piece of tech, it could go a lot smoother. You don't have to, just throwing it out there. I see a situation that could be improved with tech. If you're old like I am, you might remember going to the encyclopedia, opening the book and picking a random page and just learning something. I feel like tech is kind of like that. If you're using QuickBooks online and you don't know that you necessarily need anything, but you're just kind of curious what's out there, you can go to apps.com, A-P-P-S.com and search for random keywords and just see what tech is out there. If that feels too boring to you, and I'm totally on board if it does, I have a different suggestion that I think you might like. There's a webinar series put on by Liz Scott and Heather Satterley. It's called the QB Happy Hour. So think happy hour, but take the H off. If you're on Facebook, you can easily find them. But if you're looking for the URL, I'll put it in the show notes. 
for many years, these two have done deep dives and demonstrations of different apps. They're friendly social people, people I've met in person who are far more outgoing than I am. They're easy to listen to and informative. Maybe take a look at their Facebook page, scroll down and see the descriptions of the various apps that they talk about, click and watch any of the videos that seem interesting. I'm going to end it with one more piece of feedback. This person said, you've helped me gain confidence in that when I ask you a question, you never make me feel like it's a stupid question. You break down the response and show me what you mean clearly so I completely understand. I appreciate not being talked down to. There are people that I would never feel comfortable asking a question to, but you give me the confidence to ask anyway. I feel this. I feel this so much. I am better now about asking questions than I was before, but I understand the discomfort of asking a question. You don't want to be talked down to. You don't want to see the person's facial expression change. You absolutely do not want to feel like it's a stupid question. When you're thinking about the fact that you need help, which leaves you feeling a little bit vulnerable, but you're thinking about the specific help you need. You need to learn how to do a thing. You need help with an app. You need help with a hard conversation. You're thinking about where you might go to get that help. You're thinking about the discomfort of asking the help and again, feeling vulnerable, but in a public way. Even if it's a one-on-one phone call, somebody else hearing your need for help feels kind of public. I encourage you to think about these things. And when you're considering being a subcontractor, hiring a mentor or asking questions in a group or asking questions privately, Does the person who's about to respond to your question, do they make you feel uncomfortable or do they make you feel at ease? If you feel uncomfortable and intimidated to ask that person a question, it's probably not the right fit. This is going to be different from I feel intimidated in general or I feel uncomfortable in general. Like, you know, the discomfort that you feel when you're like, oh, I'm nervous to go do a thing versus I'm really dreading doing this thing. I hope this has been helpful. I want to loop it back to the beginning and I want to read what I put in Slack. It said I had a conversation with a friend who's considering subcontracting to learn stuff. I recommended they think about what they want to learn, if there are any industries they want to learn. I recommended they think about what they want to learn and if there are any industries they want to learn. I asked in my Slack group, but I'm going to ask you guys as well. For those of you who have subcontracted or would subcontract, what else should a newbie think about when they're considering who to subcontract for? If they got two identical offers, what's going to sway them one way or another? I would love it if you would put this in the Facebook group. I'm curious to know myself because if I ever need a subcontractor, I want to do the things that make me an appealing person to work with. I also want to do the things that help ensure when I hire a subcontractor, I'm able to clearly communicate what I'm offering just in case I don't meet their needs. Also, my goal for this podcast is to create a supportive environment for new bookkeepers and small bookkeepers. There are plenty of podcasts and plenty of people talking about all the grand things that you can do or how great they are or all the wonderful experiences they've had in all the places you'll be 20 years from now. What I really want to do is talk to the people who are new find ways to support the people who are new and crowdsource ideas. Like if you have ideas of things that you've recently learned or things that you wish you knew way back when, I think this is a great time to bring that stuff up. Many of us, if not all of us, have gotten where we are as the result of somebody else picking us up, carrying us a little bit, helping us out. My goal is just to do the same and pay it forward. If you have ideas or topics you'd like to hear me cover, please don't hesitate to let me know. If you want to hear from other bookkeepers that are just out there doing the thing, I have a second podcast I'd love you to listen to, and I'd love it if you'd let me know if you'd like to be a guest on it. It's Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Landing Pad. Thanks and have a great day. 